Testing, testing, testing. Blah, 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 blah. Ready, set, go. It's time for the Coach Amy and Coach Liz Show. A podcast for endurance athletes by two athletes, two coaches, and a physical therapist. We are your hosts, Coach Amy and Coach Liz. Coming to you from Kansas, Kansas City. Good morning. <laughs> I, I, I hear you've started training for a big event. Oh my gosh. A new, a new sport. What is it? Oh my God. I better be careful about turning this into a sport. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to learn how to decorate cookies. Ooh, like Martha Stewart type cookies. Super beautiful with, okay, what kind of frosting is it that uh, you're making? Frost. I took a class. <clears throat> so what's like, like, is it? It's that fr- Martha Stewart frosting. What? You so there's like, it frosting's a whole thing. There's, I know. Yeah. There's buttercreams. I know. And then there's like special. I had to buy a special. I can't even remember. It tells you how it's going. <laughs> That's okay. You don't need to I be took able to. I need to be able to teach the class. You just need to be able to start I, doing. I don't it. know. I took the class. I bought the books, and I'm like, I I haven't tried yet. But it's like a special kind of powder that you use to like make it there's like a whole yeah there's a name for it i can't think of what it is it's on the tip of my tongue but you actually have like a piping bag you do right and you're do oh the delicate work and then someone just goes and eats it oh well that's it for me i feel like it's stay tuned for liz's (laughs) instagram page it's a whole Instagram. Oh, God. Liz cookies. <laughs> Has it been eaten or is that just what the icing looks like? Does it taste as good as it looks? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my They're God. a disaster. Stay tuned. I'm going to ask for an update and we'll include pictures in <laughs> our show notes. Maybe I'll bring you some cookies t- <gasps> if you're nice. Ooh, I am a... I love baked goods. It is my weakness yeah. and I... I will go ahead and do the duty <laughs> and try your cookies. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. And I will be honest with you, ask my kids, I don't sugarcoat shit. So if it's <laughs> shitty, I'll tell you. <sighs> like Top Chef. Oh my gosh. There's no risk of I watched this the underdone. baking show. And I'm like, I oh, that, that's one of my favorite that's shows. So it's underdone. I want it to be underdone. <laughs> God, it, I wouldn't, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about pre-acting versus reacting when we're running. Don't worry, we'll explain. I'm, we're going to cover what this has to do with running. Why is it problematic if we're not pre-acting? Um, and how do we bring this into practice? Yep. Those are the goals for today's podcast. So I listen. Well, so I you're so holding you, your breath. Well, no, not no, 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 not. I just, I just don't like. You were very diligent. You did your due diligence today, and you had this whole thing ready when I arrived. And I just, I don't know what we're doing. So I'm very interested because I don't don't you know, know have a clue what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, uh, uh, like I sure yes, but no. I mean, okay. So okay, what's going so, on? So I, I'll start with a little story because. I was noticing this the other day. I was playing with Levi in the back in the backyard. Now, are you explaining what? Because I mean, preact versus react. I feel like is this is you explaining what those even are? Yes. Right. This story. Okay. Yes. Just so this story leads into. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I do have a reason for talking about the Levi story. <laughs> okay. Because I was in the backyard throwing him frisbee and kicking him 
kicking balls. And this to is him. your husband. Just kidding, it's her dog. <laughs> my dog. My dog. I'm feeling spicy today. Oh God. <laughs> uh, Levi is uh, an Australian Shepherd <laughs> dog. Okay, and they're specifically breeded or ha- over the, all the many, many, many years for um, herding sheep. Okay, or cattle. Okay, so in that. Oh, we'll call it Levi's breed profession. Okay. His <laughs> line of work. His line of work. Yeah. Dog, dogs love to work. This kind of dog loves to work. Um, now, I don't have sheep in the backyard, but I have balls that can kick him. Okay. And he herds these balls. But I noticed what he was doing because I was about to kick the ball and his weight shifted. And his weight shifted because he could see where my weight was shifting. So he was preparing he was like a boxer or a dancer sure. preparing for his move based on what my body was doing. So he was anticipating where that ball was going to go by what I was doing. So the whole reason for explaining that, I promise you, there's an end. Um, that's what I mean by pre-acting. So he is pre-acting. He is anticipating what his move's going to be. Okay. Well, what does this have anything to do with running? (laughs) Um, I would say that many of us, many runners, and I'm myself included because I have to uh, always check in on myself. We get lazy when we land, right? Running is, you know, single leg jump to one leg or just alternating, right? Um, And what I mean by getting lazy is that we wait to react to the landing until after we land. Mm. So we respond to the load of the ground and the forces of the ground. We respond to them after we've already landed. Like we're talking milliseconds here, right? But go ahead. You read a question. Well, because I just want to be clear. So when we're talking about pre-acting versus reacting, you're talking about running and the phase of running like as your foot is coming down to land on the ground, that being the pre-phase, and then the reacting is once your foot has hit the ground. That's the phase actually, of running we're talking Actually, about. I'm glad you asked me that because that's not what I mean. So <clears throat> let's just talk about, I think it's good that you pointed out, that's a good point, that uh, the phase of the running gait that we're, I'm talking about here is the landing. Okay. So you're landing on your foot. Now, you could choose to pre-act or react. And a lot of us are reacting. So Many of us are reacting, which means we're waiting until after that foot hits the ground and it feels the force to then tense up those muscles instead of pre-acting. Yeah. Are you going to explain what pre-act, like what yes. you would be thinking about if you're pre-acting? Yes. Okay. Great. <laughs> you're worried about it. I can tell. Well, because I just feel like what? who knows what that means. Right. Okay. Well, maybe I should just get into that, what I mean by that. So what I mean by the pre-acting is that you will anticipate your landing, kind of like Levi anticipated the move that I was going to make, right? So you're going to set your muscles milliseconds before you land. So can I ask you a question? Yeah. So is this, for example... Like, I have a problem with my big toe, and you yeah. help me understand it's related to my hip. So when I go run, I have to be really, I am thinking about before my 
foot hits what I'm doing with my hip and like just trying to be conscious about how I land. Is yes. that what you mean by preact? Yes. Okay. So, and and so it requires some degree of awareness of both what you are doing and what you should be doing. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So why is this problematic though? I mean, like, so who cares? Why? Why? Why can't we just react? Um, because when you're landing on that leg and that foot, it's anywhere from like six to eight times it, that changes in the literature, but it's not, we used to say three times your body weight. It's not, it's more like six to eight times your body weight on that leg. And if we respond, if we wait to respond until after we've landed, it's too late. And that is because that means that none of the muscles up the chain are ready to, to absorb that, to absorb that pounding. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. And there's a couple things that will result from that. And that is you can lose energy there. And because things are like, it's, you're just like, Yeah, imagine it's like, what if you slowed it down and it was like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, right? And you've, you've seen those videos where like, I don't know, someone gets hit in the jaw and it's like, yes. and you see all this, okay, you see all the skin moving and everything. It, your body is doing that same thing when it lands. So if we can lose energy then... Um, it changes our recoil and our ability to produce power on the push-off. So, I th- because this we have the conversation in swimming, and we can edit ooh, this out ooh. if it's not because Good. because and the thing that I've because I've tried to figure out like it took me so long to understand like what the hell does it mean you're losing energy? So the thing that I, that helped me sort of understand that and how I explain it in swimming is if you have a mattress and you have box springs and I know they're different weights, but let's just pretend for a second that they're the same weight. Yes. And then if you are going to like pull or push the box springs, all of your energy is going to go into that movement, right? Because the box spring is going to hold its form. So all of your pressure is going into moving it, not changing the form of the box spring versus if you have a mattress and you're pulling or pushing on it, a lot of your energy is going to changing the shape of that mattress. It's like you pull on that mattress and if it's soft and you pull on it, you see some of your energy going into moving the shape of the mattress, not actually moving the mattress itself. Exactly. And that is how I figure like... That's a perfect analogy. And then if we transfer that over to the muscle, so let's just just do a hip muscle, for example. We've talked about the glute meats on the side of your hip. Mm -hmm. Okay. Big fan muscle, there's a medius and a minimus. It's a tendon connected to the outside of your hip. Important movers in running. Important, well, stabilizer, right? So you land, you land, say you're landing on your foot, okay? That, those muscles are are to stabilize your hip from kind of dipping out to the side. So it holds it in place. It holds it and stabilizes it in place so that you can produce power going backwards to push the ground away behind you. Well, if we lose energy there, if if we wait to kind of think about those muscles being in action just milliseconds before it lands, and I'll get into that in a sec, but but the think about what that muscle is doing. If it's not prepared to absorb the force of the ground, it is going to go out sideways, kind of like what you're saying with the mattress. And so now I've lost energy in what we call the frontal plane, plane or sideways. Um and it's, you know, again, we have to slow it down and, you know, really to, to really be able to see that. But so what you're saying is that instead of saying stable and, and creating forward force, it's now kind of... Or st- stabilizing in order for you to produce forward <clears throat> yeah. 
force with other muscles. Yes. Yeah. It's that it's that it's not holding its form. And so it's when you say leaking energy, it's almost like it's moving, like maybe it goes to the side or it's doing something that it's not supposed right. to. Correct. So then you're not creating that power forward. That Correct. You're supposed to. So like wah. Yeah. Okay. And actually I have enough years of 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 training, of watching running gait that I can see this. And a lot of people you could even see it when it's dramatically like yeah. that person has no you can see people moving kind of that side to side in their hips. Um but even if you are a sort of a healthy runner and strong glute meats, it's still happening if those muscles are not wired to engage and before the landing. Okay. So not only does it decrease our power, but it increases our injury risk. And so, sorry. Because we're not just, protecting the joints. I know. Yeah. I know, but I just, because it, because I feel like we throw this language around and it's really hard to know. But when you say when those muscles aren't wired to do that, that is not always conscious. In fact, it's, it's often not. not right? It's so when you're not. saying, are we pre-activating, like this is sometimes something like that you're you actually can't do until you've worked with somebody who can help you figure out what you're supposed to do, like connect the muscles to the A hundred percent. Now, I think that there are some runners who naturally are able to do this. And I believe that could be because um, perhaps they were a dancer or a gymnast when they were younger. It kind of depends on um, your development. Um but there's a lot of people out there who never really learned that in the first place. Maybe well, didn't ha- and, and aren't. Uh, I don't know. I just want to. I want to just say that there's probably some people who naturally do it. Well, I see that with swimming. Like sometimes people just it's it's a it's a body awareness thing. And some I don't know that you can necessarily teach that. I think you can develop it. But some people just have that. Like it's right. not the same for everybody. Right. But we can teach to preact overreact. Okay, let's go. Let's go back to the um, injury because I was going to give an example of an injury. Um, let's let's say, for example, that it was that you know. Well, it doesn't really matter if you're not if you're not if you're constantly reacting. That could injure the glute. It could be the knee. It could be anything in the. So chain. you're talking about like injuries that come from not preacting to right. manage the load when you right. land. Okay, so how do we bring this into practice? Um, one of my favorite drills is just a mind drill. I knew you're gonna love it. It's your <laughs> mind. Um, <clears throat> so take yourself into like just kind of even close your eyes and imagine that I have asked you to stand on a chair or something that's two feet, three feet up in the air. If I tell you, Liz, I want you to jump down and land on one leg from that, from that height. Mm. Are you just going to jump down? Or what is your first instinct? What's your first instinct to do? Super prepare for that landing. Prepare. You're going to be like, you almost like even just imagining it, you kind of are like, yeah, ah, mm-hmm. tense up. And I will actually have people in the clinic stand on there because I can do that with them. I'm in person with them. I'll have them stand there and I'll be like, I don't want you to do this. Don't jump, don't jump off of it. Right. But if I ask you to do this, it's, it's so funny. They're like, Oh, there's a huge hesitation. Um, and it's like, where does that come from? Well, it comes from, you're not sure that you are going to be able to support the landing on that leg. Well, you better be unsure that you're supporting your your foot when you're running on the road and it seems so but that's such a good because as soon as you said that i was like "Ooh, yeah 
Yep. So another um, mind drill that you can do also is imagine that, so this is, maybe this is actually when you're out running, you can do this. Imagine that the ground is going to shift or move underneath your foot, that you don't have this concrete sidewalk or this um, road that um, perhaps there's, uh, and this is why I love trail running, because man, when you trail run on a technical trail, you are preacting every single step. Okay, and so because you can't trust the ground. Well, and so that move. means that like you are having to create the stability because the ground isn't. Versus we rely on the ground to create that stability, and we don't pay attention to our hips. That's the, well, the, or, our or body, any of the or muscles, any part the, of the, the all whole, of it. all the muscles, all of the muscles. <laughs> We're circling her arm very enthusiastically because you're not just <laughs> tensing up your hip, right. right? You are tensing up, and I don't want to be like. I don't want people to be running with their shoulders up to their ears and like squeezing their fists really hard. That's not what I mean by tensing. It's engaging, preparing your mind and your body that you're going to absorb that shock. Activate it. Activate it. Pre-acting. That's where that kind of comes from. So, and that's what I love about trail running is on a technical trail especially, but because you don't know, there's wet leaves, there's rocks, there's roots. If you land that ground is very likely to shift underneath you. So that running is very different. And that's why people, after they've done a few trail runs, they're like, wow, um, it actually really did help with my ankle stability. Oh my gosh, it, my core was working really hard. And that's because they were preacting. They were actually using their muscles That's to so run. interesting. They have to be, they have to engage in creating the stability. Yes. So... Another thing I like to throw out there is like, well, also, so when I'm, I have uh, some running boot camp classes that I teach, a run clinic, um, or if I'm working one-on-one with an individual um, in a run development session, I will have them do a bunch of different drills, plyometric drills, some running drills, um, again, with all these things in mind, but sometimes it helps, a verbal cue that helps some people is I want you to pretend that the ground is, you know, hot lava. That's another thing. Like, just, it's it's really, really hot, and you barely want to keep, that's a good drill for a ground contact time. We'll talk about that another time. But it also makes you pre-act, because you're like, oh, it's going to be hot. That's so, that, yeah. And you're not going to have a huge amount of time to let all that energy sink into the, when you don't, you don't have a lot of ground contact time, so it's like, yeah. you've got to yeah. create that. You will notice if you're reacting that your ground contact times will go down. Mm. Boom. Uh, why? Because you were stabilized. You were able to generate your power and go forward. And not rely on the ground to do that for you. Right. There you go. So interesting. Woo-hoo. So, oh, yeah, you, that's well, it. That's awesome. Except, so, so talk to me about, because, um, you know, as I do that, as I run, the more warmed up I get, the more I feel like I'm able to, like, Ooh, In good case. point. Yeah. So talk about like. Yeah, th- like, that's why I like to do warm up drills that are just aside from dynamic mobility, mm-hmm. like kind of warming up. I, I like dynamic mobility over stretching because I don't like the true kind of old school stretching. That's another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why it's good to do some little plyometric drills. Um, is because you can work on that and kind of start engaging that preacting. So even before your run starts, you can already be. But that is exactly why you feel it when you're more warmed up. But then on the flip side of that, we start our our uh, reaction issue 
becomes worse and worse as we get fatigued and tired. And I can feel that I can't do it. Right. So my (laughs) advice at that point, and this is, I've really changed my um, training myself, but also other people, is that in, I'm even working with some um, high school cross country runners on this right now as well, is that it does, it stop your run at that moment walk maybe it's 30 seconds maybe it's 10 seconds maybe it's a minute and it's not because you're like you know like trying to gasp and for breath it's because your form has started to falter why are we continuing the injury risk goes up you're not training anything yeah it's not helping you so why would you go to that next interval even though okay well the goal of this particular workout was your vo2 max training well it doesn't it all goes to pot if you cannot if you're not doing it efficiently, you're not doing, your form isn't there. If your form isn't there, stop. You're on a 20 mile run. You think, oh, I'm not, if I don't run consistently for this full 20 mile run or two hours or whatever, three yeah. hours, whatever it is, <clears throat> get that out of your head. Yeah. And that's, you know, we talk about that with swimming and that's a, there's a lot of fiery debate around that in swimming, but it's, it's. Oh, good. So I can stop in the middle of the lane and be like, nope, my form is off. I, that's a nuanced conversation. <laughs> okay. Sure, if you want to get out of the Ironman swim after 100 yards or die on your run. But that's yes. a different conversation. Yeah, that's a different conversation. <laughs> anyway, so that's what would, what, what, How would you recap the summary of, for this? Oh, I, I mean... What I, would we, what, what's our takeaway here for everybody? I mean, I, I think there's a... Because I, there's a lot of... We used a lot of language that I think is hard to kind of really understand, mm-hmm. right? And I think trying to understand like first what do we mean by preactivate and where are you in that phase like are you aware enough of your run form to to understand what we are talking about and are you having problems with your running like are there things going on do you need to address this i mean i feel like we all do but for some people who are having so i think really for me a takeaway because it took me so long to understand what preactivate meant is to kind of get your head around what that might mean and pay attention when you go out to run to like, are you thinking about your run form and like what it means to engage before you land or are you zoned off and like you're just slogging through? Right. You know, and I feel like there's so much more to this podcast, but I think preactivate is kind of a hard thing to understand until you try it. Right. And, you know, it's it's not if you're struggling to understand it, it's not a bad idea to, to work with somebody on it That's that true. knows what they're doing because um, some... And, you know, go to a run clinic or uh, have a a run evaluation or run development session. Or, you know, if you have a coach that understands this and can work with you on it, I think that's important. I think it's a good, um, if you're struggling to understand what it means. Well, I I pushed the wrong button and we stopped recording for a second. But we didn't want you all to miss what we were talking about. So here we go. Let's try that again. Okay, so what were you saying? Well, I was just turned off there at the end because I was thinking about how how really truly hard this is, and I it's it's when you were you were saying like for yourself, like myself, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and like to to really understand what the f I'm supposed to be doing, you know. And it's not just with it's not just with the run. I mean, I can feel it in the swim and the bike too, and trying to Mm -hmm. you know just understand how to hold your body and what the hell all of this actually means and why it matters. Like it took me quite some time to understand what it meant by losing energy in your run or losing energy in your swim. And they're really important concepts, but it's, 
I just feel like it's, we don't give credit to really kind of how hard this conversation is to really understand what right. the hell we're talking and about. And it's a, okay, so, and you, you made a good point. It's a, it is a timing type thing. Yeah. It is a neuromuscular connection type sure. thing. So you're going to have to you work on it in different layers. But do you feel like the analogies here or the drills, did that come, did that bring it home to you a little bit? Like, it did. Okay. okay. Yeah. No, I mean, and I understand it. And I'm just, I'm just thinking for me, you know, for our listeners and like how long it's taken me to kind of yeah. understand that and how hard I feel like it still is to not just, you know, listen yeah. to this and think it's just going to be like so obvious because we're throwing these words around and uh, right. everybody's just out there pre-acting and reacting and like analyzing <laughs> their own run form. I'm like, nobody, like, you know, anticipate your landing. I've yeah. seen people when I work with people, you're right, because when I work with people, there's some people that are like the eyes start to glaze over and they really you can oh, see yeah. that they don't understand it 100%. at all. But there's a, I would say most people and maybe this is better on a one on one thing when you're working with somebody, <clears throat> but there are people that do get it. Um, but even if you understand, you know, what we're saying here today, when you go to try to implement it, be patient with yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, I feel like the thing, one thing that I learned, I, I did a, a mentor thing with a, a triathlon coach, and he, we were doing some stuff with swimming, and he was talking about how our job as coaches is to give the cue yeah. to get the athlete in position to do the thing we wanted to do, and then they, then the stuff you're saying starts to make sense because they can do it. So it's, sometimes it's a matter of, like, of finding the thing or the person or the cue that helps you do the behavior yep. that you want. That is physical therapy well, 101 it because I it's mean, like it's... you you have verbal cues and physical cues um but it is always about finding that magic word, word. or analogy that's... that works for the person yeah. um and that's why I gave several because it was like oh well the lava hot lava yeah. example yeah. sometimes works for the person yeah. and it the 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 ground shifting underneath you doesn't you yeah. know so pick and choose which ones and if you need help get get some help yeah have yeah. someone work with you yeah well you know just yeah. it's yeah. swimming you know it's it's so hard swimming is very hard to feel and i some oh, of the so well hard. it is and you know you don't have the ground to hit you're working against the water which means like it's just it's just a lot more slippery different podcast but if you can find like explaining that to somebody like it doesn't work it was all about the cue and i feel like there's oh a lot gosh, of what we're saying so you know much. doing the thing that gets them in the position to do the behavior that you want them to do yeah and then you know eventually it clicks but it's just it, you just have to work at it it's okay if you don't yeah, and uh, yeah. So what we're saying is, this is achievable. It's a it's a little bit challenging at first, yeah. but give yourself some grace and patient. Be patient with yourself and work on it. Yeah. So in conclusion, um, pre-acting is important to uh, your run power and form, and can help prevent injury. So give it a try. And now it's time for the funny things and stranger things segment of this podcast. Are you going on any trips this spring? Do you have anything like what's set up for the next couple months? Like, you know, with spring break with quotes around it. Are you doing anything? <laughs> spring break. Um, you know, I'm going to go um, see Fred Bird. Go out and see oh, my dad. good. Just That's a, couple, a California like my right? sister. Yeah, my sister okay. and my dad in California. Yeah. Um, just if, for, it, if, it, if it hasn't uh, washed away. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. It's a little strange. Um, and, but no, it's pretty, it's pretty tame right now. Okay. Which yeah, is yeah, Because sometimes you? you have some amazing trips planned. Um, so David and I are going to uh, whisk off to Cancun because, I mean, it's like, 
nonstop direct flight from Kansas City, which is rare. It's great. Like, to be in a beach in four to five hours it's is, amazing. it's probably the only place you can... And the water you, there is warm, and the sand is nice. It's beautiful. It's okay. great. So... I probably won't swim. I did one what? swim in an ocean. No, okay. I will nope. swim in the pool. Nope. No. Nope. Okay. Nope. We're making a goal. No. Right I already here. did it. I did nope. it once. Nope. It's on video. I you're, videoed no, no. it. It okay, was so in Florida. Time I was terrified. We're going to walk through this in real time right now. So, no. Nope. No, it's not because I'm afraid I'm going to drown or not. What? You are like form. so tense. It is, like no, it is the sharks. You can't do anything about the sharks, Liz. I don't have any problem doing a we are, swim. Are you done? It's not the waves. You know what? Are you done? You know what? Oh. This is what's going to go into coachable? my mind. I'm asking listen, the audience. Listen. Is she coachable? There we was a, a podcast that you did about, what was it, propulsion in the water. And you're like, don't spin your arms. So like, if you're being chased by a, sh- a shark, get propulsion. Pull, pull, pull. Don't spin. I'm like, spinny, 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 spinny. Are you done? <laughs> yes. What is going on? You, are you going to tell me that it's safe for me to swim in that ocean? No, I am not. I okay, what are you going to tell me? Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, wow. Convince okay. me. I'm not. There, there's no convincing. Oh. So what if you just went on to the shore where it's shallow and you just sat down in the in the waves? Just oh, right well, there. I do that. I go in the I go in the ocean. Okay, here's my struggle. You're gonna help me with this right now. <laughs> here's my struggle. I will get in the ocean and uh float around I'll, I'll i'll even do bodies like bodyboard surfing oh, and paddle boarding well, and stuff I like that i'm in. not afraid of the ocean i'm afraid to swim in the ocean because what are you doing when you're bodyboarding i can't i've got i'm able to see i feel like i've got control where i can see everything that's around me i wasn't saying like go for a hardcore swim i was saying get in and just enjoy the water because it's oh, so okay. warm yeah oh no i will enjoy the water okay. don't don't Goodness. yeah but i wouldn't swimming in there is a very different thing well, it is, yeah. Maybe that's. I swam. I so I did some swimming along the coast there not too long ago, and it it's. It, but this is the thing: is that you can actually swim, and in fact, you swam the Maui Channel. Well, I don't. Thing. I, I have. I'm a firm believer that sharks aren't real. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, no. Okay, but here's. Can we just back off? For, we're just gonna break. I have a scary first. Story I'm gonna make you take a deep share. breath. Can you take a deep breath? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. We're gonna bring. See how in. terrified I am of sharks, though. Okay. okay. So we're gonna we're, we're not gonna fight it. Okay. What you resist persists. Okay. So you're just gonna stay right here. Okay. So you don't. I do. You have a belief that you have to be way far out to swim. No, I don't have that belief. Okay. It's that I really um, am afraid to open my eyes in the water. Like, literally, all of the swims I've done in open water in my races and stuff, my eyes are closed. Okay. What about when you're bodyboarding? Are you closing your eyeballs? Well, no, because you're really, your your face isn't in there. Oh, I think that's the thing. Okay. I can do the water in the ocean when my ears and um, eyes are not in, like, covered. Okay, so that's the that is the thing. Okay, see, this is a therapy session. Well, because this is the thing that people. You know, it's so important because people get into the water and there's so many different things that can trigger people. And unless you are really like, so this is very specific, right? Because you have to figure out exactly what it is. And we make a lot of assumptions about why somebody is having an issue with the open water in here. Okay. So, and so what I would say to somebody, if they were wanting to tackle it is like, so what you're going to do is go and sit on the shore. You're sitting on the shore. 
You're not going to even go out waist deep and you're going to put your face and your head under while you're sitting there and you're going to do it for, or like you're going to hold your breath and put your face in, put your goggles on, open your eyes for like two seconds and you're just going to sit there and that's all you're going to do on that trip, right? So I'm not saying that's what you do, but what you would do is to start with trying to name very specifically what the issue is and then break that down into something where it's like, okay, this is where I start to feel the anxiety and that's yeah. where you stop and you do that behavior and you gauge it a very short amount of time. And you know, you're not going to go out into where you can't touch and then submerge everything and start swimming because that isn't going to go well. Right. So for yeah. you, it's like, Oh, if I put my head and my face underwater and open my eyes in the ocean, that's where it starts to go yeah. janky. And so let's pull that back. Yeah. And there was this, like I used to, uh, we would go to hundred trips to Hawaii or whatever and snorkel and Oh, I loved it. It's like you're swimming in an aquarium. Right. And, but it was like, I have presence of mind. I can look around. But the last time I did it, the very last time that I did it, there was this huge, huge shadow. And I didn't look straight at what this thing was. But it's this thing that's larger than me. I don't like that. Okay. And that's the scary thing is that, okay, what if I'm swimming along and I don't mind closing my eyes in the lake and not seeing the thing because I'm not worried that there's a shark that's going to okay. come, a, come a, I'm going to come across, right? Okay. But in the ocean... I'm terrified that I will see that. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I mean, and that it's would be It's a legitimate scary. fear. And then, then you put, add swimming, which is, a cha- you know, a challenge. And you're focused on that and then seeing a thing and so, that I don't want to see. Well, and, and, you know, and so so the thing that people do is that they, that that's what they're feeling. And then they wonder why they can't go out, you know, off 10 feet offshore and swim. And it's because... You haven't dealt with any of that, right? And right. so it's like you can't, you can't do that. That's not a good scenario. Yeah. So what feels feasible to you? Like if you, and you know, maybe you don't want to tackle it and that's a different conversation. But if yeah. you were, like, is it possible, you know, for you to sit at a place and put your head under and open your eyes for two seconds in a place you feel safe? Like, what can you do? Yeah. Right. Because what you can, it's very clear what you cannot do. And so the last thing you want to do is go right to the center of what's going to, you can't do right yeah. and so it's really it's a very mindful approach like little baby steps tiny baby, baby steps, steps. And, is what you're saying to do and specific ones that are related to specifically what you're dealing with right it's not like your friend's baby step is not your baby step no. right and right. it's that is really i mean i had a um a clinic recently with a with a guy who has you know he's tried a ton of different he he trained for an iron man and he got in and he had a panic attack in the open water, which had never happened to him before. And he got pulled out. And it's often the case when people have panic attacks in open water for, uh, and they've never had them before. And it's during a race. Yeah. It creates a mental situation that usually in most cases it takes years to get rid of. And sometimes it doesn't ever go away because you have no tools and you don't anticipate it. And it's so awful. And that's, I mean, it's your, it's your brain's, job it's your yes, amygdala it's, it's your amygdala's it. job mm-hmm. to remember that scenario so unless you deal with that it's never going to get better right and so he'd been to all of these different swim clinics dealing with his swim stroke thinking that was why he was going to panic oh, in open water and yeah. we had to ha- we spent you know the whole clinic like you're no longer diving into what is causing this in the first place and like yeah. you're no longer like when you put your face in, you're no longer when you, you're no longer breathing in because your body's afraid to breathe in. You're no yeah. longer exhale. So it had nothing to do with his swim stroke, and he was, ne- it was anxiety. You know, it was, but it, you know people don't want to admit that, and especially oh, you know he's yeah. like it was 
it was. I have no problem admitting it. My anxiety. Well, if you've been really successful in sports previously and you have no reference for something and it's so out of your control, and if and then somebody's like, well, it's it doesn't have to do with your physical ability. It's all what's going on in your head and managing your breath, and that sounds so silly. You get really resistant to that. But it can happen to anybody because you and I know some very successful. Even professional athletes, but coaches too, who have had this happen to them. Oh, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't give a shit. It it doesn't. Yeah, it It doesn't doesn't give give, a shit. But if you're going to be too, you know, you have to, you have to listen to that. You got to. It's it's it can be really tricky. Uh, But anyway, my point is that when you have something that's setting off the panic, two things. One, you have to really like dive in and figure out specifically what it is. Don't make assumptions. Like you, it's very specific. You pulled that out specifically. Deal with that. And two. Instead of looking and seeing, like, this is a thing I can't do and, like, looping on that and, like, sending yourself into, like, a five-star fire, well, okay, so, we're not going to so do that. what can you you're not suggesting I go no. um, cage diving for, with great white sharks? I, I feel that that would not set yourself up for success, right? Oh, I'll tell you something I will never effing do in open water, in any water. Yes, I want to hear it. Well, first of all, it scares, it scares me to death to swim at night. <gasps> even in a pool, like even when I was younger, Ooh, we had we yeah, had um, too. like the night swimming yeah. with the lights or whatever at swim meets that would go late. Yeah, and I just the lights scare me. It scares me. But the other thing that I just is people who go noodling. They go down into the lakes and they find the holes <gasps> in the thing and they stick their hand in and they pull the fish out. What is happening? You could not. There is nothing. That is, there's nothing to make that okay. What's it called? It's, well, it's just it's, it's a form of hunting, right? You're hunting. Yeah, for, they call it noodling. And yeah. you stick your go into the murky lake. One ooh, like I don't really love gross lakes, even though I'll swim in them. And then yeah. you go down to the bottom where you can't see, and there's like slimy shit, and you find a hole, and you stick your freaking hand in the dark hole, and you hope that something's in there, and then you pull it out. <gasps> like what? No, and then what you're gonna eat it? Whatever's been sliming around in the bottom of the lake a, in the dark hole, and then they pull out this worm-looking fish, and then you eat it. Like, oh, what is going on? <laughs> it's it, that's not in our wheelhouse. I wonder if there's a podcast on noodling. I bet you there is. I bet there's a YouTube channel I bet on people it. People love it. Oh, I they know. It's a whole pr- other kind of proud. sport. Stop flailing your noodle. That's a conversation that could go south. We're leaving it there. <laughs> Leave the noodles out of this. People have a great day, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, we We are are in this together. together. Until next time.